You had a good week? God is God. God is on the throne. And God is good. Amen. As uh, Haley was saying, God is just so awesome. How do you explain it? You can't explain it. When you go out looking for God and get touched by God, how do you explain it? You, you can't. You can't explain it. That's the encounters I'm looking for is the unexplainable. The, the fulfillment that cannot be done by the world, cannot be done by food, can't be done by alcohol, can't be done by drugs, can't be done. It's done by God from glory to glory. And we've been looking the last couple of weeks on the blood of Jesus. Is the blood of Jesus relevant today? It's the only thing that's relevant. It's the only thing. Uh, I'm telling you, the more I study, the more I, the more I look for God to be faithful, the more He shows me how faithful He is. The more I trust Him, the more I see how much I can trust Him. The more I rely on Him, the more I realize how much I need to rely and how faithful He is to His Word. All the time. Is it relevant today? And we're going to see, we've been seeing for the last few weeks that the Bible teaches and through our personal experience, you know, you may say, well, pastor, that's your personal experience. I want to encourage you this week, apply the blood of Jesus to your life so that you have personal experience. Don't ride on the coattails of somebody else and just say, that sounds good. I believe that. Yeah. Okay. No, go out and try it. Apply the blood of Jesus. Do not make it irrelevant to your life. Make it relevant. Access your God account this week. We are a child of God. We are heirs of, with Christ. Access the word of God in your life. Everybody say access. That's an action. Go get it. Go apply it. Walk it out. Quit coming in here expecting different results after living the exact same way. What's the definition of that? Insanity. You're looking for change, but nothing's changing. Look, can I give you a word? Here's a word for you. God doesn't change. You're looking for God to change in your life, but he's not going to. How about that? That's, that's a good word. That was free too. I believe that's a word from the Lord today. We're looking for us to say, God, change me. Yeah, well, we, yes, that, that does work. Change me. But change in my life. No, he's not going to change. He's perfect. He never changes. What does that mean? It means we need to get on board with that. We've got to apply. Having the blood of Jesus remaining in the basin, remaining in the book and not flowing through you and out of you, nothing's going to happen. You can accept it or you can just and you can work through it or you can just sit there and just continue to live your life like you are. It's your choice. God's a God that's given us a free will and he desires us to choose him. Choosing is an action. Faith without works is dead. Get out and apply it. All right. I'm not trying to be rough. I want to be, I want, I want breakthrough. And we overcome Satan by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. And we do not love our lives to the death. I've said this over and over. I'm going to say it again. The word they is us. And the hymn is Satan. 
And we see a direct relation between a battle between you personally and Satan. God's not in between. God has given us provision for victory over Satan by the blood of the lamb and by the word of the testimony. What are we doing calling on God to to rescue us? He's given us the tool to be rescued by his blood, his and hit your word, his word spoken through you. I am, you know, I, I love revelation that says you can make it and gives us the instructions on how to make it. And it's instructions that's not so hard like a kid's uh, uh, Christmas present that you got to put together that takes five hours to do and you got all these parts left over. God's instructions is simple for us, are simple for us. We can accomplish them successfully with no parts left over. God, what do I do with that? I don't know. Put them in the drawer. You might figure out what to do with them later. The kids' wheels are falling off their ride. I'm, I'm sorry, son. They just didn't make it right, did they? <laughs> Are you here? I'm trying to make this light, but it's serious. It's serious. Our protection comes through our testimony. What Haley and Tommy gave was testimony. There's power in that. Without our conscious, intentional agreement with God's word, Jesus cannot represent you before God. We have to apply the blood. We have to receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Until then, we are unprotected. We've been looking at the seven ways that the blood of Jesus works for us. We looked last time at two of them. We looked at, I believe it was uh, redemption and cleansing. If you're just catching up, this is your first time to hear this, download it off the, uh, off the internet, off our webcasts, uh, and get caught up. Today we're going to start with number three. Number three is justification. Everybody say justification. justification. Amen. Has everybody had their coffee and their caffeine this morning? Everybody got their wake-up call? All right, justification. And it's one of those theological words that so many times people don't know how to define it. Justification. The Greek word in the most basic form means to make righteous. To make righteous, but it has several different shades of meaning. Let's look right here. In Romans chapter 5 verse 9, it says, more than that, more, Much more than having now been justified by His blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through Him. Suppose you're on trial for a capital offense. And your life is at stake. And when the verdict comes back, not guilty, that is justification. When the verdict comes back, not guilty, that is justification. You have been acquitted. But justification means more than acquittal. You have been made righteous. What does that mean? It means being placed in right standing with God. You need to get that. Being being placed in right standing with God. With the righteousness of Jesus Christ. If you relied on your own righteousness, you could not even get close to being in right standing with God. So you have to rely 
on the righteousness of Jesus Christ. If I were to say this in the most basic layman terms, listen to this. I am justified just as if I never sinned. Because I have been made righteous with the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And he never sinned. And he had no past to cover up. When I am made righteous, when I am justified by the blood of Jesus, it is just as though I never sinned. You know, in our society today, it is full of sin. In the church and outside the church. In people that love God and people that don't know God. It's everywhere. But we have a we have a, I don't want to make a lot of this, an escape clause. We do not have to walk around that. We don't have to walk, we don't have to walk, walk with that the rest of our life. David committed such terrible sin. And you know what? God forgave him. He committed murder and adultery. And that's what we know of. And God forgave him. What was the difference in David and Saul? David repented. David's heart was to please God. And God forgave him and restored him. And remembered his name forever. And the throne that David sat on was the throne that Jesus came to to be the king forever. It was that throne. And David committed murder and adultery. Being made right with God. It was nothing David could do. But call on the Lord. Can I encourage you? I don't care where you are. Um, Haley had mentioned something and I've already forgotten exactly how she said it. Uh, But it's. God, God, God is not wavered by circumstance. What you've walked in here with has not shaken his throne. And it has not diminished the blood of Jesus to work in your life. But you have to apply it. Do you know what? David could have gone to hell and could have lived a horrible life the rest of his life after that sin had he not turned. But he turned. David, the king, had to turn. We have got to come to the Lord and say, cleanse me, redeem me, justify me. I am made righteous by the righteousness of Christ. Isaiah chapter 61, verse 10 says, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. Isaiah is celebrating two provisions, salvation and righteousness. When you trust in Jesus Christ and his sacrifice on your behalf, you will be clothed with salvation, but it doesn't stop there. It says that you will be robed with righteousness. Totally covered with the righteousness of Jesus Christ. 
Let me tell you, when you come to the Lord in the middle of your sin and you come clean before the Lord, you, you, you are justified, you are cleansed by the blood of Jesus, Satan can say nothing against you. He reminds you of everything that you've done wrong. And let me tell you, when he does that, can I give you a, a good response? Agree with him. You're right, Satan. That was wrong. That was sin. That did separate me from God. You're quite right. But that's all in the past. You can try to dig that back up, but why would you? Now I'm clothed with the righteousness of Christ. See, Satan, if you can find anything wrong with that. And you know what? When you apply the blood of Jesus to Satan, Scripture says he will flee. If you don't, he'll stay. Is Satan attacking your life? Start pounding him with the word of God out of your own mouth. How do you do that? How can you clearly come and say, Lord, I'm the righteousness of Christ? What do you do? You repent. And repentance is not just a phrase. It's not just to come to the altar and say, I'm sorry for what I did. It's literally turning from what you've done and stop walking that way. That's repentance. Repentance is not just coming to the altar and saying, I've sinned. Repentance is turning and walking in a different direction. Doesn't mean you're not going to fall down, but true repentance is change. You can come up here and say the words and keep walking the way that you walk. No repentance has happened. What did Saul do when he was questioned about taking, taking the plunder? Oh, I wanted to sacrifice it to you, God. Does anybody remember? The Lord had said, kill everything. Don't keep anything. And what did Saul do? He went and took the best stuff for himself. He went and took the best stuff. And then he said, well, God, he said to Samuel, Samuel, we just wanted to sacrifice this. No, we can play the God, the church thing. God knows. God has a way. And when we line up with that way, the righteousness of Christ we become right with God. I'm preaching a lot better than you're receiving. We all have sin. We're all battling something. And we all have the blood of Jesus. We don't have to walk around with our head down. How do we overcome Satan? By the blood of the Lamb and by the word of the testimony. Now, can we do this together? We're going to apply it right here. Let's say this all together. Y'all ready? Here we go. I am justified, acquitted, not guilty, reckoned righteous, made righteous, just as if I'd never sinned. When we come clean before the Lord, we can say this and it be true. That is the provision that the Lord has given us through His blood. Amen. Number four. Number four. We've looked at redemption. We've looked at cleansing. We've looked at justification. Number four is sanctification. Say that word. Sanctification. These big church words. These are big scripture words. Sanctification. What does that mean? Hebrews chapter 13 Verse 12, therefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered outside the gate. Again, in the Greek, 
What does this word to sanctify mean? It, it is directly, it is a word that is directly related to holiness. The word saint, S-A-N-C-T, is the same word that we have in the English for saint. So sanctify is to make saintly or to make holy. It means to be set apart. Taken from this world and this world of sin and set apart from it. Two aspects of being set apart is what are we set apart from and what are we set apart to? Do you follow that? We are moving from one position to a next. What are we moving away from and what are we moving to? We're set apart from sin and from everything else that defiles the world. And we are made holy with God's own holiness. Can you see can you see how through sanctification and justification are very simple they're very similar in that making righteous with the righteousness of Christ separates us from a position that we can't achieve without it to a position that's made right with God which is holy. It's without sin. We have moved from the realm of the world to the realm of the kingdom. And it can be done regularly. It's not a one-time deal. I wish that when I was five years old, when I gave my heart to the Lord, that I was sanctified and justified once and for all and done. I don't have any more problems. Anybody ever had any problems since you've been a Christian? Ever had to deal with sin since you've been a Christian? This, this is continuing. Continuing. This is a continuing blessing. Do you remember from last week? It's present, continual, present tense. We are to be continually justified. We are to be continually made righteous. We are to be continually cleansed. I think I don't, I don't think I, I don't remember which service I said this, but I missed one of the services. Imagine not being cleansed, being cleansed once, being washed, having a shower once. Today's the you're going to be cleansed today. You come to the altar, you do it right, you say it right, you mean it from your heart, and you take a good God shower, get cleaned up, and you never shower again the rest of your life. Think about it in the natural, how nasty you would be. That's what that present continual tense means. It's not just a one-shot deal. However, you've got to get the one shot before you get the second shot. We need to do it today, but we need to do it in an hour from now again. We need to apply the blood again and again and again. I go to a basketball game and yell at a referee and have ugly stuff in my heart. I need to plead the blood of Jesus. He loves that guy. I don't think he does, but I know he does. The word tells me that he does. Doesn't make sense, Lord. Look at him. Look at how he's doing. Whoa, man, he is just... Lord says, nope, I love him too. Robert sat beside me at some basketball games. He won't sit beside me anymore. One time, and I made eye contact with an OVC official, and he looked at me. He did. He stared me down. I got everybody looking at me, and I'm like, wait a minute. I'm a pastor. What am I doing? He never sat with me again. <laughs> I need the blood of Jesus. 
Don't you wish that, that, that that's as far as we go? No. Sin is all over us and it's all over the church. The church needs the blood of Jesus. If we don't apply the blood of Jesus, we have no power. We are no different than the world. We just act like we are. Oh, hallelujah. All right, I got to hurry. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 10. For they indeed for a few days chastened us and seemed best to them, but he for our profit that we may be partakers of his holiness. We are not made holy through our own holiness any more than we are made righteous through our own righteousness. We partake of his holiness through the blood of Jesus. Let's apply this one. Can we say this together? Here we go. One, two, three. Through the blood of Jesus, I am sanctified, separated from sin, set apart to God, made holy with God's holiness. When you're walking around and you're down in the dumps and you feel like you're no good, you need to start repeating some things that the Lord says about you. And when you apply the blood of Jesus, you have the right to confess this. You have the right to claim what it is that the word of God says over you. Number five, this is my last one, and I'm going to try very hard to hurry. And ushers, will you all come on in? We're going to start handing out the communion elements right now. Today's the first Sunday of the month. We like to take communion on on, uh, Sunday mornings, the first of the month. And number five, the the fifth way that the, the blood of Jesus works in our life is life. Everybody say life. And please don't be distracted as they're handing these out. But the blood of Jesus does not just save us from sin, but it gives us something positive as well. It gives us life. Look at Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11. Now, don't miss this. Don't check out. We're getting to we're getting to the good stuff. The life of the flesh is in the blood and I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls, for it is the blood that makes atonement for. For the soul. What is atonement? It is being made right with God. It is by the blood. It always has been. They didn't have the blood of Jesus back in this, that day. But God had to give them a provision. And it was always by blood. Can I tell you that in the Old Testament the law was perfect? The law is perfect. Man's not perfect. The blood of the lamb, the the natural lamb, isn't perfect. But God gave them provision to cleanse themselves once a year. And it was only by the blood. It says here that the life is in the blood. What does atonement mean? It means reconciliation. It's the reconciliation of God and man through the sacrificial death of Jesus Christ. It means satisfaction. It's the blood that makes atonement for the soul. So the life of God, the life of the creator comes to us through the blood of Jesus. You know, the average adult has about five liters of blood inside their body. 
coursing through their vessels, through their delivering essential elements. You know, the blood takes elements, takes things to the body, but it also removes things from the body. Removing harmful waste without blood, the human body would stop working. The blood is the fluid of life, transporting oxygen to the lungs, to body tissue and carbon carbon dioxide from body tissue to the lungs. Blood is the fluid of growth, transporting nourishment from digestion and hormones and glands throughout the body. The blood is the fluid of health, transporting disease-fighting substances to the tissues and waste to the kidneys. Because it contains living cells, blood is alive. Red blood cells and white blood cells are responsible for nourishing and cleansing the body. There is no way to calculate the power of the blood of Jesus. There is no way to calculate the potential of the blood of Jesus. There is more power in one drop of the blood of Jesus than there is in the entire kingdom of Satan. Because in the blood of Jesus is the eternal, uncreated, measureless life of God himself. If the life is in the blood, then one drop of the blood of Jesus, which is the life of God himself, has more power than anything than the kingdom that the kingdom of Satan has. Can you grab hold of that? John chapter 6 verse 53 says, Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life and I will raise him up in the last day. For my flesh is food indeed and my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. As the living Father sent me, I am alive because I am, I've got that wrong. And I live because of the Father, so he who feeds on me will live because of who? Him. It says, for my flesh is food indeed and my blood is drink. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me. What's the reverse? If you don't apply the blood, he does not abide in you. If you do not drink of the blood, if you do not accept the blood of Jesus and what he does in your life, we have separation. You've got to always take what it says in one direction can be applied. If you don't do, if you don't do this part, it doesn't apply. Do you follow me? When we take communion, we receive the life that is in the blood of Jesus. And so many times we've been taught that this is just a memorial. (coughs) That's not what Jesus said. Let's read it again. 
54. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up in the last day. For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. When I receive it in faith, believing what Jesus said in his word, it becomes precisely exactly what the word of God says. And it is through that that he imparts life into you. You are holding these elements in your hand and it is normally, we have just learned to do this by tradition. We must break tradition and realize that we are accepting in the natural what God says to do and he will do the supernatural when we eat the bread and drink the cup. And we must expect him to move. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 16 says, It is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks a participation in the blood of Christ and is not the bread that we break a participation in the body of Christ. Do you see this? He is applying what we're doing right now lines up directly with what Jesus said. Isn't what we're holding in our hands, doesn't that meet the requirements that the Lord has placed before us? Isn't that what you read? 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. For I received from the Lord that which I also passed to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Brother Larry, where is me? Thank you. Thank you. What do we do in remembrance of him? We take his body. Everybody hold it up. When we take communion, we take the bread and we say, Lord Jesus, this is your body. This is your flesh. And then we eat it. Then we take the cup and say, Lord Jesus, we receive this cup as your blood and we drink it. And then we say, and we do this in remembrance of you until you return. We are expecting him to return. We are looking for him to return. But until we do, we are going to remember and, and apply your blood and your body until you come back. This was given to us so we wouldn't forget and so we wouldn't miss it. It has been applied for all eternity. Jesus doesn't have to die on the cross again, but we have to apply it again and again and again. When you have communion, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. We have no past but the cross. We have no future but his coming. We proclaim his death until he comes. And every time we do this, we remember, we remember that he's coming. Let's say this together. Lord Jesus, when I receive your blood, I receive your life, the life of God, divine, eternal, endless life. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just hold these elements right now. Lord, we thank you for the broken body of Jesus Christ. We thank you for the bread of life. We thank you for the word of God. And Lord, we receive this and we right now apply the broken body of Christ to our lives who was bruised, who was beaten, who was chastised. All for us. I don't have to live that pain, 
because you took it for me. We remember the broken body of Christ. And Lord, we also remember the blood of Jesus. And Lord, this little cup of juice. This little cup of juice represents the blood of Jesus. And Lord, I receive your blood this morning, Lord. And Lord, I am in need of the blood of Jesus because it is the only holy thing. It is what can make me holy like you. Nothing else but you dying on the cross for our sins. And Lord, I turn from my sin and I ask for forgiveness. And Lord, help me to walk according to your word. I thank you that I am an overcomer by the blood of Jesus and by the word of my testimony. And the things that rise up against me will fall because I receive you. We remember you until you come. And I choose to apply your blood to my life until you return. And everybody said... Hallelujah. If you turned your heart this morning, if you came clean before the Lord this morning and repented, you are made righteous by the righteousness of Jesus Christ. You are in right standing with God right now. You are cleansed. You are justified. You have just received the life of God himself. Stand up and walk out of here victoriously. Y'all can stand up. I didn't really mean that, but stand up. Let's pray together. If you have a prayer need this morning, we just want to open that to you. We want to pray with you. Those that are praying this morning, come on down. Maybe you don't even know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you've never made that step. Well, I want you to know today is the day. Today is the day the Lord has made. Receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. It says that if you will confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead. You will be saved. Right where you sit, con sit confess with your mouth. Lord Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. And I believe in my heart that you died on the cross for my sins. And that you were raised from the dead. Right where you sit. You don't have to come up here and pray a prayer. You don't have to have anybody do anything. You have to confess. You have to believe. And the Lord will save you right where you are. Would you do that? Maybe you come in here and you just need prayer. We want to pray with you over your finances, over your health, over your future. Whatever you've got going on. Step out. Apply the blood of Jesus right now. I promise you, these people down here to pray will apply the word of God to your life.